The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank. This year, more than ever, we recognise the work of our educators. Nominations for the Commonwealth Bank Teaching Awards are now open. Head to teachingawards.com.au to nominate a great educator today. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 2nd of October. In your squeeze today, calls for urgent plans to be made for our aged care sector. The Queensland Government locks in a deal with Dani. The annual power list. And Fat Bear Week is back. This is your squeeze today. Aged care residents account for more than 660 of the 888 coronavirus deaths recorded here in Australia. Yesterday, the Royal Commission into Aged Care Quality and Safety released a special report, Claire, that makes six recommendations on what needs to be done as soon as possible to protect residents from what is described as the greatest challenge Australia's aged care sector has faced. What that special report has recommended is that there needs to be arrangements put in place for visits from loved ones when an aged care home has issues, and that requires extra staff, which means more funding, of course. Uh, Also important to maintain access to allied and mental health services. They say that people in aged care shouldn't suffer uh, with their mental and physical health just because a home is locked down. Also very important is better infection control to make sure if the virus gets into a home that it's not spread around. The kicker, though, is this final recommendation, and that is that the Australian government should publish a national aged care plan for COVID-19 and also look to establish a national aged care advisory body. Those are two of the chief criticisms of the federal government's response to COVID-19 during uh, this very difficult time. There's a sense of urgency from the Commission on this, Claire. And that's because the pandemic's not over. It says just because the Melbourne's second curve of cases is flattening doesn't mean that the ongoing heightened risk to aged care residents is over. So that's why it's asked the Morrison government to report to Parliament on their progress on these recommendations by the 1st of December. Uh, Also, there's a sense that they're still suffering in aged care homes and these are things that need to be addressed very quickly. Aged Care Minister Richard Colbeck last night said that all the report's recommendations had been accepted and work was underway. In The Australian today, there is a large, very extensive report into former NRL player Sam Burgess. This one's going to need a bit of background, Claire. Sam Burgess is one of four Burgess brothers who have played in the NRL. He famously played with a broken jaw during South Sydney's grand final win over the Bulldogs back in 2014. He's now retired and has a coaching role with the club. Off the field, though, recently, he's been in the news due to a very public breakup with his wife, Phoebe. An AVO has been taken out against Burgess by Phoebe's father. Mitch Hook. That's due to be heard in court in November. All of this seems to now have culminated in this report, which goes to the heart, according to the report, of elite football's cultural problems, Claire. The accusation is that individual NRL clubs suppress scandals and in doing so fail to address the welfare of athletes and their families. And this is a very big example what that investigation in The Australian today says is that the club covered up his drug use uh, and also cases of family violence that club officials witnessed and harassment. It's something that's going to have a lot of legal issues falling out of it uh, as those claims are investigated, not only by the NRL, but possibly by police. 
One name you'll also hear in and amongst all of this is Russell Crowe. He and Sam Burgess have been very close in the past and also he's the owner of South Sydney. For Burgess's part, through his lawyers, he's denied all claims. The Adani coal mine was something we talked about a lot last year during the federal election in particular, especially as it was thought the coalition's support of it was a key factor in their winning that election and those seats in Queensland. Now Adani has signed a long-anticipated royalty agreement with the Queensland government, Claire. Royalties are when a company uh, compensates the state and the residents of that state for giving the miner the right to extract minerals from the ground. Coming to an agreement has something that has been long talked about and it's been put on hyperspeed because Queensland goes to a state election on the 31st of October. Taking the lessons from that federal election, it seems that Labor Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has really put a skates on to try and take that out of the political realm when it comes to electioneering. That's because what pollsters are saying is that Labor's under threat in some regional seats. Uh, And when you look back at those results from the federal election, Labor really was punished in those seats because of this Adani mine issue. It's been a controversial development on one side. There's people who are wanting it to go ahead because it will create jobs for the area. On the other side, environmentalists are concerned about the effects that mine will have on global warming. A bit of fallout from the first presidential debate still, of course, to be expected, Claire. Something that's a a bit interesting is the TV ratings. They came out yesterday, 73 million Americans tuned in. It's a lot of people, although it's down 13% on the record number of viewers who watched Hillary Clinton take on Trump during the first uh, debate in that 2016 election. Where the candidates seem to have landed on their take on that debate is that US President Donald Trump has claimed the win. He said he was clearly the supreme debater. And then Joe Biden, though, has really taken uh, the points from the debate, particularly Trump not taking the opportunity to condemn white supremacy as a problem. The moderator, Chris Wallace, said he was feeling sad. He said, I've never been through anything like this. It's been an interesting take. Every year, the Australian Financial Review releases a list of the most powerful people in Australia. No surprise, our Prime Minister tops the list. Also coming in second is our Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. Number three, though, Claire, is a, is a new name. It is, and that's Professor Brendan Murphy. He was our Chief Medical Officer. He's now the head of the Health Department. It's not usual that someone like that would take number three as one of Australia's most powerful people. But of course, the year is what it is and being very pandemic dominated. He is someone who we've probably not known a lot about before, but we know a lot more now. Pandemic dominated is is an understatement, I'd say, Claire. <laughs> the only private sector person in that top 10 is CEO of ComBank, Matt Common. And for those who like the insider stuff, there's a list also of the 10 most covertly powerful people. So we're talking influential political advisors, lobbyists and business people on that list. Celebrity couple Chrissy Teigen and husband John Legend have shared some really heartbreaking posts on social media, news that Chrissy has suffered a miscarriage halfway through her pregnancy. 
Chrissy really does present a very upfront, honest look at her life. And she had posted quite regularly about her pregnancy uh, and problems that she was having with that. She was hospitalised earlier this week and a post yesterday updating uh, that they had lost that baby was something that people really felt a lot of pain for her about because they'd sort of been along that journey with her on. What the hope is from many people is that uh, miscarriage still is something that has a bit of a taboo about. It's difficult to talk about in public. And the hope is, given she is such a public person who is very honest about her life, that it is something that really further breaks down those walls for women to be able to talk about their grief of miscarriage. Yeah, the update she posted said that they'd lost their baby. The couple had already named the little baby Jack. Uh, So, yeah, it is a, a terribly sad story this morning. Something that comes around every year. It's a mainstay of the squeeze now, Claire, is Fat Bear <laughs> Week. You better talk us through it, particularly for the for new listeners. Okay, it's a competition. It comes from the US from a national park in Alaska. And what they do is they put bears against bears as to who has put on the most weight uh, over that summer period before they head into hibernation. And it's a fascinating execution uh, of social media, but awareness raising too about these beautiful bears. Uh, You get pictures of them as they come out of winter and they're all skinny and mangy. And then they basically sit in this river and just eat salmon. So the celebration is how big can they get? Of course, they don't weigh them. It's public vote. Get on board and follow. It's Super Fat Bear Tuesday next week. So you can follow it through the rounds. I'll include a link to that in your episode notes. That's, I mean, you've sold it for everyone out there. I think they're going to go and vote now. (laughs) A winner is crowned. Everyone looks at Fat Bear pictures. That's really all there is to it. I noticed their their website has had a bit of a refresh. It's looking very sophisticated these days. Yeah, forget the footy finals. It's all about Fat Bear Week. It's all about Fat Bear Week. And there's a roast chicken recipe in Friday Lights this week, which involves Greek yogurt, lemon, mint and garlic as an accompaniment. So that's got me over the line. Excellent. It's a good one. I'll pop a link to Fat Bear Week and that recipe in your episode notes. Finally, the email subject line today I think goes to the heart of the big questions, Claire, and that is, will Santa photos be permitted this year? Doesn't seem likely. Um, When it comes to Santa bookings, the guys that are on that roster haven't got anything in their diaries this year, so they're wondering about what might be happening. So I've gone for the old classic, um, you better watch out, is the um, lyric for this morning. That's because you need to watch out to find one, I think, this year. Yeah, good luck spotting a Santa out there. That's a bit sad, really. Sorry about that on a Friday. No Santa photos. Another weird part of the year. Another weird part of 2020. That's all from us today. At least we've got Fat Bear Week to keep us perky. (laughs) And we've also got a public holiday on Monday. So no squeeze on Monday, but we'll be back with you on Tuesday. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.